Welcome to Raise the Line with Osmosis.org, seeking solutions with leading experts on how to increase healthcare capacity so people can get the care they need during the COVID-19 crisis and beyond. Hi, I'm Shivaglani. I'm sure most of our listeners already know a few things about Noom, namely that it provides a popular weight loss program that uses psychology to encourage behavior change. But one thing you probably don't know is that the company's name is Moon, spelled backwards. And that's because its founders want Noom to be a companion for users, just like the moon is a companion for a journey at night. You also might not know that the company is about more than diet and is expanding to help people with mental health and chronic conditions. Here to tell us more about the company and its plans is the co-founder and CEO, Seiju Zhang, who has led the company through several years of tremendous growth, helping millions of people improve their lifestyles and health. Seiju, thanks for taking the time to be with us today. Thanks for having me today. It's my honor. So one thing I know we have in common is we both come from families of physicians. I'd love to hear more about your own family upbringing and what got you interested in health and wellness. Thanks for asking, Sheep. So I grew up from a medical family. My father was a medical doctor. My uncles are all doctors. They found a hospital in suburban South Korea, and that is our Jong family legacy. Medical doctors are influenced a lot because my all cousins went to medical school and they became a doctor. So I thought my future was kind of pre-programmed that I need to become a medical doctor. That way I can succeed in my father's practice like that. And I haven't thought about the other path, but uh, first of all, I failed to go to medical college. I don't want to sugarcoat on that. Second, I followed the path that I love and then I have met a record label instead of the medical school I pursued. So <laughs> What a surprise at age 19, I started my first business. And because of that, I became like official black sheep at my joint family. Yeah, no, I can relate to that. All my family is either a physician, physical therapist, dentist, and I went the entrepreneurial route. Uh, But you've obviously achieved tremendous success with Noom. So can you tell us a bit more about the founding story and the specific problems you were trying to achieve and then how you differentiated? Because when you started Noom, there were other companies doing this kind of stuff, but you obviously been a breakout success. Thank you. So the way it started, I followed my passion and that really helped me to think about how I should live my life and also really helped me to follow uh, my passion and I could live my life with that enthusiastically. So I liked it a lot. And unfortunately, I lost my father at age 21. Then my father was very early. He was like 51 and he got a terminal lung cancer and then uh, he passed away. And that event really traumatic experience that I had because I was so close to my father, but that event speed up the understanding of the life. For instance, my father, as he was preparing for the department of the world, he shared the way he viewed the world. And, and it really, it was very heavy to me, but it helped me to think about how I should like my life better and what I should do. And that came down to my father's reflection on his life, that as he became a renowned doctor, he helped a lot of lives, but he had the question mark that I, my father told me that I warned and advised my patient to change behavior so they can prevent chronic conditions or complications, but often they fail and they come back and I meet them at the operation room. And that became very difficult because the world respect me as a, a healthcare leader but he became a sick care or optimized for sick care management leader. So he felt great about being a doctor because he helped many lives and then he can help the patient. But he had a question, why the overall healthcare is overly optimized for sick care management? 
And that was the discussion I had before he passed away. And that passed down the question to me, to be honest. Second, as he made a fortune and uh, became very respected, but as he needed to prepare for the departure, it kind of reminded him. And then because I observed how he finished his life, right? That helped me to think about what I should do, why, why I'm here, right? My father encouraged me to think about how I can do something great for the community, which I learned in America that a lot of people thinking that I want to change the world. But my father told me that, think of how I can contribute your effort out of your job and your passion, do something positive for the community. That's good because that's the legacy. And that really set in my heart heavily. And then I went to army as all current men had to do. And then during the army service time that I will think of what should I do because it was such a big event for me and also big advice, but I did not know how to apply that. But one day it became clear that I wanted to explore my talent and what I have or potential as a young man. Second, I knew from my first business when I did heavy metal music record label in South Korea, I was, I loved my job and, and I love music, but why don't I apply that but make a scalable way of entrepreneurship, apply the entrepreneurship scale of technology. That way we can touch more, uh, help the community as my father encouraged me to think that way. And then healthcare came down and that's how I found the company in 2007. Why then healthcare, right? Look, there's a lot of known problem in the United States globally. And as a foreigner, I think this is an immigrant like benefit that as I came in the first in 2005, I had to basically learn a lot of basic stuff. I had to relearn English and cultural things and social fare, all that. And I was quite surprised the, the, the overall service quality of healthcare and also how expensive it is very expensive. And I also, I was very surprised that it's not for everyone. <laughs> so I felt, wow, healthcare overall, the service and the systems are a little like, oof, it's a little dysfunctional in the United States. And then I dig in more and um, I learned that there's a lot of room to grow. The doctors, nurses, uh, nurse practitioners and the therapists all, they have a good heart and they want to help, but somehow, somehow, the over-experience kind of like missing. And also, again, as my father taught me that a lot of healthcare services are optimized for sick care management. So that really got me. And I started the company Noom because I was naive, but I was bold because I was young. I think I was passionately naive, but I, I actually, I think I was lucky that I could like start without further thinking. That's the way I could start if I rationalize how hard it is. And I don't think I could start that. I had a belief and still have a strong belief that if we pay attention to end user, right? And if we deliver great healthy outcome and the way we build a product is holistic approach that we pay attention to end users, how we can scientifically approach to the problem, develop the service, can deliver healthy outcome and use technology to make scalable, in other words, make it affordable, then that can be an amazing, amazing contribution to community. That's how I started the company, Noom. That's incredible. And it's really awesome how you've approached the themes behind the founding story. So, you know, you've been working on this for well over a decade now, and obviously have achieved breakout success. A lot of companies have come and gone in the digital health space. You know, what are some of the specific outcomes you're most proud of? I mean, I'm sure you have tracked how many millions of people have used Noom and how many tens of millions, hundreds of millions of pounds they've lost as an example. 
But can you tell us a bit more about that? And then, you know, the focus on the end user is one of those things, but is there a specific psychological principle that you attribute a lot of the success to? Um, why is Noom succeeding for these users when maybe some other things have not? So I'm very proud of our commitment that we need to figure the way we can help many lives and the scientific approach to the problem. And we use technology. I'm very proud of that. Noom has been 14 years. So as a startup, technology startup, 14 years is quite long. And that's what I hear all the time from other people. But that's not the way I feel like because the journey has been very up and down, a lot of up and down, Shiv. And with a lot of lesson learning. We figured weight loss management around seven years ago. A lot of people think we found a company for weight loss, which is not true. And that's not also our end game goal at all. We figured the weight loss commission after we found company over seven years, a lot of product iteration and pivoting. Why is that? We thought in the beginning, doing the right fitness activities can deliver greater healthy outcome, which is true. But we also realized there's a bigger issue more than fitness, adopting the fitness as a habit, a diet and nutrition. So we developed a nutrition tracking application, but we realized that would not deliver a sustainable of a healthy habit. We were looking for how to help end users to become healthy. That means the result has to stay. That means we cannot develop a service that is a fair diet or trendy. The service has to really deliver the healthy outcome and it, the healthy change should stay. That's how we discover the behavior change and psychology part. And now why the weight loss? We figure there's a lot of healthcare issues, but we want to build a strong foundation how we can tackle this big problem in healthcare, but build a great foundation. And then we figured, why don't we pay attention to consumer weight loss first? By doing so, targeting more than 5% body weight drop is our internal goal when we design the product. Because that's according to CDC, it's a strongly recommended, no matter how heavy you are, if you, you are overweight or obese or exposed to chronic condition or pre-chronic condition stage, such as pre-diabetes, then losing weight more than 5% of body weight is significantly a positive impact, 5% plus more. So that's how we figured. And also we realized if we guide our end, you just build healthy habits by changing behavior, they can lead greater outcomes such as build a better confidence, such as build a better relationship, and also obviously better weight management. A lot of people are asking why consumer focus? The answer is because we realize in order to work with a major healthcare players such as a providers, payer, and employer, we need to prove our product efficacy. And often a lot of digital healthcare company engage the pilot to deliver the promise and they got audited by the prospect client. But it takes some time. And also we realize if we follow that path, then it will add more years to prove that our services are good. That's why we chose the path of consumer first to build a strong foundation. And changing behavior, the method, this is the part that I am very proud of, not the way that a lot of commercially available weight loss services 
we approach by science. So we figure behavior change is very powerful. So we use psychology, we use a mobile technology, how we can allow the bottleneck to form a healthy habit, all that. But overall, our service is heavily oriented how we can build healthy habits for end users and that deliver great healthy outcome. That's the way the company has been evolved and that is our strategy. Build a strong foundation in consumer, which is a massive million user base, deliver healthy outcome more than 5% body weight loss, and also by not just pushing them to just lose weight by changing behavior, which is designed for long-term outcome. And that is our chapter one. Now, Loom is ready for entering to chapter two, which is how we can apply the success of changing behavior successfully over many millions and expand the other conditions such as stress management, diabetes management, chronic care condition management like that. Because the way our, our practice has been focused to manage the diet, exercise, stress, and sleep anyway, we can advance what we have figured for those specific conditions. And that's our path and that is our chapter two. That's wonderful. Thank you. I definitely see kind of the, the path and, and where you're entering chapter two. You know, obviously chapter two has come along around the time of the COVID pandemic, which has made what you're offering even more important, especially mental health, right? There's so much talk of mental health and the long-term effects. Can you give us a sense of what you think the COVID crisis, how has it affected both your work at Noom and then also the healthcare system as a whole? What are some of the lasting changes you think are going to come out of this? Thank you, Shape. So Noom is not a COVID-19 story because we were growing fast before COVID-19. So we've been growing very fast with a lot of numerous our users support since four years ago, and we are extremely thankful. So that's a reflection of the market. The users were looking for how to adopt a healthy behavior. They are trying to have a healthy lifestyle, higher quality lifestyle. They are actively looking for. So our observation is people are looking for how to change their lifestyle, adopt a smarter choice of the food, and also aim for how to have a better resting and stress management for the longer retainable healthy lifestyle people are looking for. And uh, due to digital healthcare also has evolved so well, there are a lot of ways that you just can measure their status in terms of the biomarker and uh, the data point that they can address how they are doing overall, including mental stress. What we have discovered over COVID-19 time because in the early days of pandemic time that people were scared, but they received enough education from media and CDC that they need to watch out their overall immune system. And if they are already exposed to chronic condition, they need to do a little watch out carefully because COVID-19 may impact or worsen the condition. So that I believe really escalate the attention to how to build a long lasting, healthy lifestyle. And I do believe not only new, but a lot of digital healthcare services receive a benefit. Not only that, I have seen the active change from the healthcare leaders, such as providers, payer network, even employer, their PVM for sure, they're actively looking for how they can get close to end users, how they can also provide the actual value for helping the proactive approach for how to have a healthy lifestyle. So this is a part of the positive answer to my question that my father also had, like, why the general healthcare system has been optimized for sick care? 
I think I see the change rapidly. The overall healthcare systems and overall healthcare industries are looking for how to proactively invest before uh, the patient or users are facing a difficult time, meaning like preventative approaches now became a major theme and they are adopting the technology innovation to become a major value. And I think that's a silver lining of COVID-19 era. Lastly, mental health care. So 2019, before COVID-19 time, we did a survey our Noom users and we asked, what else would you like to learn from Noom? And then two thirds of our Noomers answered, they want to learn how to cope and manage the stress anxiety. And because Noom service currently is, consists of four pillars, I mentioned diet, nutrition, exercise, and sleep and stress management. So we already educated partially the stress management is very important to build healthy habits, you know, to change behavior. And then people realize how powerful it is as soon as they cope the stress better and then realize how to manage the stress, it really impacts them to build healthy habits. So they are curious, I want to learn more. And COVID-19 arrived. So obviously there's a lot of fatigue. Mental fatigue has accumulated because COVID-19 is miserable, it's difficult. So there's a lot of ask man user base. People are looking for how I can cope the stress and manage that the mental stress I receive from work from home and the relationship and general fear of losing health and this COVID-19 situation. Probably financial also hardship as well because of COVID-19. So I think mental health care has been now a widely known symptom and also the market is paying attention how to manage that better of course, Noom will respond properly. So that's why we are launching our new product, Noom Mood. Yeah, great timing for that. Obviously, you've been working on that before COVID-19, but there's a lot of tailwinds as a result of it. Um, I really like your emphasis on direct-to-consumer. As we talked about before the podcast, we've had a lot of leaders in direct-to-consumer healthcare on our podcast, ranging from Marcus Osborne, who's the Senior Vice President of Health at Walmart, to um, Ann Wojcicki. Uh, of 23andMe, who started her company around the same time you did. So great pioneers in kind of giving the power back to the end consumers or numers or patients, which we're a big fan of. I know we're coming up on time, so I have two other questions for you. The first is, since Osmosis is a teaching company, we train current and future healthcare providers, but also consumers, patients, family members. We like to fill out knowledge gaps, and I'm curious, are there any you know, major knowledge gaps you see among numerous or among clinicians that you wish, if you could snap your fingers, design a course around it and help educate them, which is obviously an important part to get somebody to change their behavior. Education is one step in that process. What would you like to fill that knowledge gap in? Such a great opportunity I can share. What we also learned by monitoring our numerous, and we were surprised, I want to share. A lot of our numerous, when they start the program, we survey and we ask, and we realize a lot of numerous have some stigmatized experience about general weight loss or weight. It did impact to their life day to day in terms of the way they feel about their body shape, the way they feel overall, you know, the general fatigue and also the overall energy level. And it does distort the relationship as well, oneself and with the significant like that. So a lot of weight loss services available out there might misguide them. So they often blame themselves eventually. Often we hear that my willpower is not strong enough, so I failed to manage my weight or they got completely lost 
after they attempt to lose weight. So it's interesting enough that they join noon, but they already have a little defeated spirit. And we were quite surprised and we have a deep empathy on that. So stigma experience is real. And it's not only a few, a lot of you just like that. We also realized this is the second discovery that a lot of you just are aware which food is good or bad overall, uh, the diet, but they don't pay attention why they built the, the habits. They forget about that. So the relationship with the food. So basically we re-educate about the diet and nutrition. And we also discover often they hard on themselves and that increase on the stress and that sometimes shorten their engagement with the noon because they, they get stressed and they get like burned out of maybe speedy outcome. They may have a wrong expectation about that or just like the path of the change behavior sometimes challenging because your body needs to react differently. It takes some time to adopt a new normal, which is recommended and healthy behavior. So we encourage our users to try hard to remove the previous experience related to weight loss management and it is okay, forgive. And also second, set a realistic goal. That's very important because life is a journey and we want it to guide our end you can learn. And uh, the Noom is a tool. Noom can provide a great tool that can empower them to lead their life and they can control their life because they're the boss of their destiny. And we use science to help them to unlock the potential and we can help them to become a best version of them. This is a part of the, my story too, where I came from South Korea to New York. And one of the reasons is because I want to unlock my potential and learn and grow. And we apply a similar manner that we believe in our end users. They're the full force of themselves. And we are here simply wanna unlock their potential and they can achieve that. But if they, carry on the previous experience, which it did not work, which is stigmatized experience, then it's a hard start. Yeah, I believe fully in that, being able to let go of the past and you know make today a new moment or a new day, a new beginning. So um, my last question for you is, you know, we have an audience of many early stage healthcare providers, clinicians, caregivers. What advice would you give to them about meeting the challenges of the COVID pandemic and approaching their careers in healthcare? Well, uh, I'm not a provider, I'm not a physician, so I want to be careful about it, but um, I want to share my observation. I have seen a lot of doctors and the physicians and therapists are willing to get close to end users and willing to empower the patient to learn the tools and they can actually overcome the difficult, either physical difficulties or mental difficulties they face day to day. They can overcome that, They'll overcome the hurdle in real life. There are a lot of the positive, the movement, the shifting has happened over COVID-19. I can tell that the service providers, again, doctors, nurses, therapists, they want to get closer. And due to technology, the digital healthcare, and also the technologies of wearable devices like that, and telehealth, they can actually reduce the gap between end user slash patient to service provider, the professionals. I think this is a great change of the way the doctor, nurses, and therapists engage with the patient. 
and the whole system, the provider network, PBM, employer, and payer system that are looking for adopt this change. So that's why I think there's a great chance that the overall healthcare attention might shift over end user experience. Democratize the focus, pay more attention to end users and patients, pay attention to overall outcome, the efficacy of the results. And there are a lot of doctors and nurses and therapists, again, the professional raising their voice. They want to help their change and you just change so they can live healthy lives and they are there to assist their change. I think that's very positive. So there are many good startups are uh, welcoming the doctors and professionals how to embed their service to get close to end users. Let's get united, help our end users and patient, whatever way we call it, but at the end of the day, it's the same human. And if we do a better job to guide them and help them to pay attention when they have a chance, which is prevention, and if they are already exposed to conditions such as chronic conditions, then we can provide their better service so they can lead the life with no limitation. And I think that's a very powerful change. Absolutely. I mean, I think um, that's really good advice because I think as somebody goes through their training, they often forget what they're doing it for. I mean, they, they know generally in the abstract it's for patients, but then they get so bogged down with the delivery of care, delivery of sick care, spending more time with the EHR than with the patient. So I think that's great wisdom. And as the you know companies like Noom continue to thrive and succeed, I think we'll see a lot more of that in mind. So Seiju, I really appreciate you taking the time to be with us on the Raise Line podcast, and more importantly, for the work that you've done to help millions or tens of millions of people along their healthcare journeys. Thank you so much for having me. The chance that I can represent our experience and speak on behalf of millions of numerous and our passionate numerous who build the service. It's my honor. And hopefully COVID-19 has been miserable for us, but the COVID-19 uh, the silver lining is the overall healthcare industry has changed their focus and they are adopting innovation. So hopefully we can do better all together. Thank you very much for having me today. And with that, I'm Shivaglani. Thank you for checking out today's show and remember to do your part to flatten the curve and raise line. We're all in this together. Take care. For more information on how you can help raise the line and flatten the curve, go to osmosis.org slash COVID-19. If you like this podcast, please share it on your social channels. You can also subscribe to the series and check out all of our podcasts at osmosis.org slash raise the line podcast. <laughs>